This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to the Midas Touch podcast. Ben Micellis joined by Brett and Jordy Micellis. We've got a great podcast for you, but we always have a great podcast for you. This will be no different. We have Brad Woodhouse, DNC senior advisor, will be joining the podcast talking about DNC messaging. A historic day, Brett and Jordy, as it seems that Build Back Better is going to pass. It seems that there was a compromise that was reached Biden spoke earlier this morning about the compromise and many of the aspects of this bill that are going to be helpful to all Americans, not just to billionaires. How about that? That sounds refreshing. So excited to ask Brad about that and other strategies about how Democrats can be conveying how we are helping the people and winning. But Brett, Jordy, how are you doing today? I'm pissed. Why you Why pissed, you- Jordy? Why you pissed? This is the Halloween edition of the episode. We all <laughs> agreed that we were going to dress up in some great Halloween costumes for the YouTube live folks. And I'm the only one dressed up. You guys are making me look like a fool. A goddamn fool. Well, Jordy, I'm happy you're dressed though. You're, you're in like a Ted Lasso look. I see yeah. the believe sign. You're dressed. Are you, are you Ted Lasso himself? Well, I saw what happened was I saw that Mitt dressed up, Mitt Romney dressed up as Ted Lasso today and just totally ruined that character. So I'm trying to trying to help. Some PR, some 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 public. Yeah, relations how work dare right you, Mitt Romney, Fuck ruin, you, Mitt ruin Romney. the character of Ted Lasso, one of the most beloved television characters in years. How dare you, Kristen Cinema? I saw somebody. I don't know if anybody saw this. If you if you didn't see it, don't even look it up. It's it's horrible. You're gonna need eye bleach after to to get through this. But Mitt Romney did dress up as Ted Lasso, mustache and all, and did a photo op with Kristen Cinema. I guess to just rub it in our faces uh, that uh, Kristen Cinema and him are working together to destroy our democracy. I, I don't know what it was about, but somebody had a really funny comment about cinema because cinema was dressed up as the, the team owner in uh, in Ted Lasso for, nice. for those who watch the yep. show. And somebody's comment, I, I forget whose it was, but it was very funny. They basically said fitting for her to dress up as the person whose character, whose plot line was that they wanted to torpedo their own team and take down <laughs> their own team. <laughs> so yep. true. It's, it's so, so true. Wow. That is so spot on. We've got Virginia elections coming up November 2nd. Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic candidate going against Glenn Youngkin, a.k.a. Trumpkin. Lots of developments in Virginia, both in terms of what Midas Touch is actually doing on the ground in Virginia. And I would also say this goes along the lines of what Midas Touch is doing on the ground in Virginia, but how we provoked Trump from Mar-a-Lago to embroil himself back into Virginia politics, making Trump the highlighted issue as we approach November 2nd, highlighting the fact that Trump 
and Youngkin are no different. And voting for Youngkin means you're voting for Trump. So just for all of those who just want the refresher, Midas Touch, we broke our own exclusive <laughs> that we were doing an ad in Mar-a-Lago beam directly into Donald Trump's house. The way you do that is you do an ad buy in the West Palm market in Florida. We bought an ad that called Trump out for being too weak, too chicken and calling out Virginia for not wanting to invite Trump despite the Virginia Republicans, despite wanting Trump's endorsement. So we called Trump out. Uh, it was indeed effective. Um, the day before we're recording this podcast, uh, yesterday on Wednesday, um, Donald Trump came out with a statement saying that he was going to be visiting Virginia, Northern Virginia. In fact, he's just going all in and that <laughs> and that Virginia, because loves they're, him ch and that they're chanting, we love Trump in Arlington, Virginia, area where he lost by, I think, 80 <laughs> percent. It's like when Trump says he's going to win New York and win California. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, California is rigged. It's rigged. I, I won California. It's like, shut up. Everybody here hates you, man. Totally uh, delusional. Um, but then Glenn Youngkin's press team got to work and started leaking <laughs> to the press immediately that Donald Trump would not be coming there. That's how they communicate by leaking from their various sides so that one says they're coming. The other sides. No, no, no. He's definitely not coming to Virginia. <laughs> and this is now front and center in the Virginia race as we approach November 2nd. And you go back to what Hillary Clinton said about Donald Trump, that he's someone who can be baited with the tweet. Think about what dictators and despots like Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un could do mm -hmm. to him, uh, what Saudi Arabia was able to do to him. You know, when Donald Trump went to Saudi Arabia, you'll recall, and even when he went to India with Modi, they put big billboards of Donald Trump on the path that he would be driving in to play to his ego to get benefits based on, you know, that type of, um, you know, that type of kind of psychological ops that makes him feel you know, bigger and stronger while undermining him at the same, while undermining him at the same time. So we took a play out of that tool book, although it's not exactly a complex psyops. It's more like second grade building blocks to try to, <laughs> to try to provoke Trump. And it worked. And now everybody in Virginia is talking about how Donald Trump will be coming to Virginia, exactly what they should be talking about. And Brett, maybe discuss some of the other on the ground efforts that Midas Touch is doing in Virginia with our canvassing effort. So, so other than ruffling the feathers of the Yunkin campaign and <laughs> causing a rift between Yunkin and Trump and associating Yunkin forever with Trump's stench and having that be the lead story, we are also having canvassers on the ground right now doing the important work of talking to voters, uh, making sure that voters are registered to vote, make sure that voters are getting to the polls, know where their polling place is, and under truly understand the stakes of this election. So we partnered with this incredible group called Commonwealth Forward, who is on the ground in Virginia. Right. They're the fantastic. And thank you so much to Commonwealth Forward. And together we are going to knock on 50,000 doors in Virginia to get out the vote. These are honestly the campaigns that excite me the most when we get people on the field, on the ground, speaking directly with voters, actually making real change and bringing people to the polls. This is democracy in action. This is what it's all about. And I'm so thankful for these canvassers. We did a video with these canvassers. I hope you could check it out on our Twitter, on our YouTube, anywhere on social media, you could find it. You and want to play just it really quickly? Yeah, we, we could play it. Let's play. Let's let, let's win Virginia. Let's play this video. 
My name is Cheyenne. I am 19 years old and I am a junior at Virginia Commonwealth University. I'm Bryce Merriweather. I'm a sophomore mass communications major at Virginia State University. I'm Chad. I'm a organizer and a filmmaker. I'm here on the ground as a Canvas director. Commonwealth Ford is on the ground in eight battleground districts. We're putting all our resources in ensuring we elect these progressive voices to the Virginia General Assembly. I think canvassing is one of the best ways for young people to start getting involved in politics and see that power, and it only grows from there. What I love about canvassing is just that it's the easiest way to really get people educated about the upcoming election. It's sort of a way to break into people echo chambers. In each shift, if you can just have five meaningful conversations, remember that everyone else will also have five meaningful conversations. If we recruit, you know, 20, 50 people who do that, we have, you know, 250 people. Uh, if we have 200 people who do that, we have a thousand people. It was really different going out talking to different ethnicities and different people who told me, you know, we really appreciate that you're going out door to door doing this, you know, it makes a difference. It gives me a chance to talk to them, kind of see where their issues and concerns are and give them information that they need. That one person who I can impact, it always makes a difference for me. Sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long. Either way, you still feel good about it because you're getting a message of having a change in democracy. I want to thank Commonwealth Forward. We're so grateful for the partnership here. We are just so incredibly thrilled and humbled to have assembled this incredible team of activists on the ground to secure democracy in Virginia. Democracy is on the ballot and each election is becoming the most important election. The work that you're doing on the ground is so crucial, so important. Putting in the hours every day is not only inspiring to us, but inspiring to the whole country. So thank you. And let's win this thing. Let's go. I love that video so much because, Brett, what you were saying before we jumped into that one is, it is so important that there are people on the ground, door to door, 50,000 doors in 50 days, talking to voters before the election actually having human-to-human -human contact and talking why it is so important to elect Terry McAuliffe. And of course, that video was a part of a longer discussion we had with these canvassers. We spoke to them yesterday for probably like a half hour, just getting all the updates on the ground. Everybody is super excited, super passionate. There's a lot of energy for Terry McAuliffe on the ground. And we're just so thrilled to be a part of this. And we wanna thank everybody also out there for supporting this effort. And if you wanna support our canvassers, um, so that we could hit all 50,000 doors. You could chip in at MidasTouch.com slash Virginia to chip in there and support the work of our paid canvassers on the ground. Thank you so much to them. And thank you for everybody for making this possible. This is this is activism in action. I'm so excited about it. Jordy mentioned this is the Halloween edition, filling time between trick-or-treaters. Try shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius. This Ooh. podcast is brought to you by Policy Genius. Get free quotes while giving out free candy. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. And eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps standard medical exam requirements for a simple phone call. This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes advisor that's higher than options from Ladder, 
ethos and besto so how does it work getting started is easy first head to policygenius.com slash midas that's policygenius.com slash midas in minutes you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price when you're ready to apply the policy genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free policy genius doesn't add on extra Extra fees. So head to policygenius.com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. And I think here, where it comes to life, where it comes to living, where it comes to making sure Americans live a better life, that is what Democrats are fighting for. That is what the Build Back agenda is. You think about it, at the end of the day, government should help people. It shouldn't help billionaires exclusively. And look, can government help billionaires at some point in time? Billionaires do provide jobs. I think they're doing or, okay. I think they're or, doing okay. They, they provide jobs. You know, when Amazon wants to have its headquarters in a certain location, they go around to governments and say, what can you give me? What tax credits can you give to Amazon? And look, big employers hire people. And I think we should respect that that exists. I don't think we should demean, you know, overtly and be anti-billionaires for the sake of being anti-billionaires. But what we should be is anti-greed. And what we should be is for the people at the end of the day. And we should be saying, how can government be fighting just as hard, in fact, significantly harder for most Americans than just the small 1% of 1%? Isn't that what people want? That's what always shocks me, Brent and Jordy, about these debates sometimes. It's like, can't you see, GQ peers, that all your party wants to do when they get into power? They never helped you. Like You're at these rallies. You're holding Donald Trump fucking flags with stupid six packs of him, you know, that looks nothing like him. You're worshiping this cult person who doesn't give a shit about you, who's done nothing for you and your health care, your Medicaid, your child care, your education, all of that has been delivered by big D Democrats. And do you know where your money is going? Do you know where your money is going instead of the programs that Ben just mentioned? It's going to the billionaires. They are actually the biggest recipients of government funding out there. I mean, let's take Tesla, for example, because Elon Musk this weekend was complaining about in, in tweets saying, oh, well, you always run out of people's money. You always run out of people's money at the end of the day, kind of complaining about, you know, taxes on billionaires that Democrats are proposing. Well, Elon Musk, Tesla is made possible due to government grants. Tesla Tesla would not exist and would not be having the record stock prices that it is having right now if not for the United States governments and actually President Obama for funding clean energy initiatives like Tesla Motors. Tesla wouldn't exist if not for the United States government. So it is only right 
for billionaires like Elon Musk to give back and pay their fair share. And that's what Democrats are trying to do. And that's what zero Republicans are trying to do. And that's why it's so frustrating when you have people like Manchin and Cinema on our side as well in Manchin in a state that has zero billionaires and just about 300,000 West Virginians living in poverty. Yet who is Joe Manchin fighting for? Is he fighting for the West Virginians in poverty or is he fighting for the zero billionaires in West Virginia? He is fighting for the zero billionaires. Now, I just want to go over quickly, though, what's in this bill. Um, and this is where the compromise seems to be landing. This is what President Biden and Democrats are calling a framework. This has not yet been totally agreed upon. We don't know what the final bill will pass. But the framework is very impressive and it doesn't have everything we want. And, you know, I'm pissed as hell at people like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema for bringing this down. But let's focus on the positive for a second, because we're going to be getting universal free pre-K for three and four year olds. We're going to get limits on child care costs, care for older Americans and people with disabilities, expanded child tax credits, clean energy tax credits, investments and incentives to address clean weather, investments and incentives for clean energy technology. This is actually the biggest investment in clean energy in American history. A more clean energy purchases. It's going to extend the Affordable Care Act premium tax credits and extend them to 4 million uninsured people in states that have not expanded Medicaid. And it's going to allow Medicare to cover the cost of hearing. It's going to help housing affordability. It's going to do a one-year extension to earn income tax credit for childless, childless workers. There is a lot of good in this Build Back Better bill. And I think we should be proud of Democrats for pushing forward and working to pass this legislation that will change the lives of millions of people. And so here, this might not this might not be the most popular thing to say, but I think this is practical political strategy. Here's what I think we have to do at this moment in time. I think we need to pass this bill as quickly as we can. Once we get a consensus on it, we need to pass it. We need to run on the positive outcomes of this bill, the way Democrats are helping people. And then we need to work to elect more Democrats in 2022 so that we could get in all the extra stuff that we had to cut out of this bill. We can't just abandon all of this progress because we didn't get a few things that we didn't like. We need to pass this and then we need to elect more Democrats to make people like Manchin, to make people like Cinema irrelevant in this process so we could actually pass the full Build Back Better agenda. But I think we need to take the wins as we have them and own them big and run on them in a big way. Now let me ask you guys this, is it definitive? Manchin and Cinema, will they both vote for this? And I know we'll say yes, because you know we talked about the big compromise that we all reached today, but every step of the way, they've hindered this process. They keep moving the goalposts. I sent you guys a meme earlier. It was, uh, it was the Charlie Brown kicking the football and the Charlie Brown was Democrats and the football was the Build Back Better and, and Lucy was Manchin and Cinema. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And, and I mean that because every time we think that we've made the progress, that we're going to pass it, it's going to get passed, they find something else. You know, I think though, I, I think we're at the end stages in this in this bill. I think we're very close to passing it. I don't think President Biden would have made the showing he made this morning um, and making his statements if he wasn't pretty confident that we were going to get this across the finish line. And I've also seen comments today from Cinema and from Mansion kind of implying that there is a framework by which they could get around. Now, this is certainly not a done deal, and there's going to be a lot of different factions now pushing back. You're going to have the progressive wing of the party who are upset that, rightfully so, that we're not getting paid leave and some other programs 
programs, right? You're going to have um, the, I'm, I'm not going to call them moderate because there's nothing moderate to me about not wanting people to get these sorts of programs, but the conservative wing of the Democratic Party in Mansion and Cinema, um, you know, they're going to have issues wanting to, that there's too much in the bill, but that's kind of the fact of negotiation, right? That's kind of what we said weeks ago when I kind of said, I think both bills are going to pass. I think no one's going to be happy at the end of the day about the bills that, remember I said that, no bill, yeah. no one's going to be totally happy about the bill that, that ends up passing, but I think we will get this legislation done. And I stand by that point of view. And I want to talk about this, Brett. You gave that list of things that help American people versus under the Republicans, under Trump's tax bill, multinational corporations owed zero U.S. federal taxes on foreign profits up to a certain threshold. And above that level, they owed the government a tax rate that's just half of what they'd pay domestic profits. And so big corporations pocketed Trump's tax break. Tax break. And then what they did is they shipped thousands of jobs overseas. There's a great Institute for Policy Studies that I would say everybody go to Google the Trump tax reform helped the billionaire class, not the working class. And this article really lays out what the priorities were in the Trump plan, billionaire class enjoying a 6.6% reduction in their top marginal income tax rates, exemptions on uh, private jets. And so that's what they're fighting for. That's their list. And the list that Brett just gave you is a list that is in the interest of American people. And we need to, as Democrats, be able to message that. We need to be able to be proud of this agenda. And we need to make sure that we continue to gain majorities, which is why I'm excited to speak with Brad Woodhouse, DNC senior advisor. We'll bring him on in a moment. All right, I'm changing before we bring him in. And before I bring Brad in, want to talk about stamps.com, love stamps.com. If you're still going to the post office, if you're still paying full price for postage, well, what are you doing? There's stamps.com. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that anymore. I mean, you're doing everything else with apps like go to stamps.com. Mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less. With discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more, this podcast is brought to you by stamps.com, which brings the service of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business, whether you're a small in a small business, sending invoices, whether you run a side hustle business, whatever you do, stamps.com makes it easy for you. No wonder over 1 million businesses choose stamps.com for their mailing and shipping needs. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letters, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send once your mail is ready. Just schedule a pickup or drop-off. It is that simple. And with stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates. You heard that? And 66% of off UPS shipping rates. So stop wasting time going to the post office. Go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our pro- 
promo code Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitment or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone on the top of the homepage, and type in Midas. That's stamps.com. Use the promo code Midas, stamps.com, never Go to the post office again and do me a favor with stamps.com. Give them a shout out from the Midas Mighty on social media. Let them know that you're hearing about their ads here on the Midas Touch podcast. Now, without further ado, we have Brad Woodhouse, executive director of Protect Our Care, an organization leading the fight to protect and strengthen health care for millions of Americans. He's also the DNC senior advisor, kind of known as the big attack dog. How does that feel? <laughs> Big attack dog driving DNC messaging and a senior strategist for Obama campaign from 08 to 2013. Welcome to the show, Brad. Hey, thank you all for having me. I have been so freaking jealous of Jamie Harrison, the chair of the DNC. He did this. I heard about how much fun he had. And I was like, I was telling Daniel Wessler over there, you got to get me on this. thing." <laughs> I mean, look, look, let me tell you something. Being with brothers who agree on politics. I mean, I don't know if y'all know who my brother is, but, um, you know, he's a, he's a Republican and a Republican operative. And so, man, this is awesome. Thank y'all. Well, 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 let's get into the family there, Brad. So how does that happen? Both raised. How, how do you have that divergent, you know, that, that divergent experience where not just you have differences in opinion, but also, you know, you know, you're leading the democratic messaging here. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. My brother has some crazy explanation for how he became a Republican. Oh, you know, government corruption and all the all this. I don't know. But but, you know, I've just always. So he's you know, a Republican. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. What? Uh, you know, I mean, look, you know, I look, I grew up with just the notion that government could help people. And that's it. It's not you know, we, we talk about it in a lot of different ways. Um, and we try to, you know, we try to message it and I do a lot of that, but at the end of the day, government can help people get a lift up, uh, when they can't get a complete lift up on their own and help, you know, level the playing field. And, 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 you know, that's the thing about the, you know, I know we're going to get into this, this announcement today, putting, you know, valuing work over wealth is just, that's what Democrats are about. And, and man, I, I love being the attack dog. I'm, you know, I think as much as an attack dog, I'm a cheerleader because I really do believe that if, if we, if we cheer what we're doing and what we're accomplishing and what it means uh, to the American people, the attacks on the people standing in the way of 80, 20, 90, 10 propositions, all these things are that popular. And, you know, the, the attacks kind of take care of themselves. And for those listening, uh, Brad's brother is Dallas Woodhouse, uh, American political operative based in North Carolina and executive director of the North <laughs> Carolina Republican Party from October 2015 through 2019. But here's the thing, Brad, why I think your appearance is better than Jamie's appearance. And you can tell Jamie this. Oh, my God. Don't tell. Oh, my God. Cut it out. <laughs> so, so, so you are appearing on the Midas Touch podcast on a very historic day on the heels of an announcement from Biden this morning about a compromise on the Build Back America bill, as you said, you know, focusing on workers, focusing on the health of America, focus on building infrastructure, 
for Americans. So what's your reaction to um, what Biden said this morning and just generally this compromise that was reached? Well, first of all, I just want to talk about President Biden just for a second. I, I just want to you know, think about the sweep of what he is on the verge uh, of accomplishing. First of all, if you just take uh, Build Back Better and it, it, I, we believe, he believes, and I think you know, the leadership believes that's going to pass. I mean, and the infrastructure bill is going to pass. And, and this is far ahead of where President Obama was in getting the Affordable Care Act passed at this point in his presidency in, in 09. So a lot of people say, well, the process is messy and, you know, and it's taking too long. It, in historic terms, this is not taking too long. And, you know, President Biden is working with much, much narrower uh, majorities than, than President Obama had. Now, President Obama, on the other hand, had a bunch of Joe Manchins um, that had different views on things that he wanted uh, wanted to accomplish. But just the sweep of the American Rescue Plan, what that's done to rescue the economy and create jobs, what the Build Back Better agenda will do uh, to reward work instead of wealth, and then the infrastructure plan, which will just create millions of jobs. And we all know, I mean, you know, America shouldn't be 13th in the world uh, in terms of its infrastructure. And this, President Biden took a really lead role in getting uh, in getting this done in negotiating this compromise. Look, it's not perfect. Um, everybody has a piece that they want uh, either plussed up or that they, they're out of the bill and would like in. One that I've been working on in my role at Protect Our Care uh, is giving Medicare the power to negotiate for lower drug prices. You know, we have a handful of Democratic members who are more interested in looking out for pharma than they are for patients. But we're not giving up that fight. This bill is still uh, being written. But the sweep of it and what it does for families, what it does for workers, what it does to make the wealthy pay more of their fair share. These are all things that Democrats have talked about for eons. And it's Joe Biden who everyone always under effing estimates getting it done. So how do we message it to the people, though? You know, one of the concerns, right, is that Biden does a great bill like this. The Democrats come together. You know, the Republicans rail against the pieces they don't like. They take credit for Democratic initiatives once they are successful. They right. go back to their districts and they say, look what, look what we got you. Look what we did for you. How do we not only get this bill passed, which it seems that it's on the road finally to, to happening, put that in one category. But I guess with, with you on this podcast, how do we message it to the people? Like, how do we break it down? This is what you're getting because of what the Democrats and Biden accomplished. Well, look, I, I think in, in a few words, it's care, climate and health care. And, and that, that is kind of encapsulates it. But, you know, we do have to look at this in what we are facing. We got a race in, in Virginia for governor, a race in New Jersey uh, for governor. We have the midterms uh, next year. And we need a national frame for what President Biden has accomplished. I think when it's all said and done, the most important thing will be uh, that we are recovering from or, or nearly out of the pandemic uh, and that the job creation continues, the economic expansion continues. And all of these things, uh, the American Rescue Plan, Build Back Better, uh, and the infrastructure deal are part of the Biden economic agenda. And the economic agenda means different things to different people. For some people, uh, it's, you know, being able to have child care helps your economy. Being able to have health care helps your economy. It helps the local economy. So the big thing is the Biden economic agenda, in my view. But I think 
every member, you know, we got to prosecute races in congressional districts and in Senate states. Every member needs to run on the things, one, that they champion, that they care about the most, and the things that work the best on the ground uh, in those uh, in those places. So I don't think there's a one size fits all for how uh, to sell this. I would say it's the Biden economic agenda for families. I don't know if that's where the White House is going to be. We'll hear more of what their of what their frame is. But th- that's really what it is. I mean, you know, so I was asked this question on Fox about, you know, there was a poll that said uh, that the social spending plan is not. I said, stop there. Joe Biden is not one time called this a social spending plan. No Democrats ever call this a social spending plan. You know, that is a pejorative right off right off the get go. And it's intentionally uh, done that way. And it was leading by, you know, this person who asked me this question. If you talk about it more, I think, is, is the President Biden's economic plan. People care about the economy. You know, the economy is number one issue right now. That and coronavirus number one issue in the race uh, for governor of Virginia. So it's an economic plan conceived by Joe Biden, passed by the Democrats that is that is going to help a modern economy and a modern workforce succeed and make the wealthy pay more of their fair share. And Brad, you've always been ahead of your time as well with the messaging. I think back to the I think back to the Obama administration when Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize, lots of Republicans were criticizing that he, you know, got that award and you famously came out and said these are, you know, basically do nothing Republicans. They're incredibly radical people and he even compared their conduct to the Taliban and bin Laden and you said they identify more with with terrorists than they do with the United States of America. Back then in 08, lots of people said, oh shit, Brad's Brad's going there, you know, with the Republican party, you know, and a lot of Republicans who have now left that right. party, who are now today saying, no, this party is a radical terrorist party back then, you know, we're criticizing you for that. But what's interesting is, is that it's not a new phenomenon with right. Trump. Trump exacerbated, but you saw it you saw where it was going back then and you called it out back then, right? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, the, you know, Trump uh, accelerated or gave more profile to how radical the Republican uh, Party is. Of course, it culminated in this, you know, insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, but, you know, it was a radical approach to um, on that day. What I was talking about was, you know, uh, the Taliban and, and Osama, you know, uh, had criticized uh Obama received the Nobel Peace Prize. And here, American president receives Nobel Peace Prize, and the Republicans are doing the same thing as the Taliban. But I mean, the whole approach to President Obama during that era, questioning uh, questioning where he was born, questioning his citizenship, it, you know, it was it was meant to radicalize Republicans against uh, against Obama. It was meant to radicalize Republicans, uh, bring up the specter of otherness, bring up the specter of race. And, you know, and that has continued. You know, I was talking about this on another Fox program this morning. I don't know why I'm a Fox so much, but whatever. I'm going to put up the good fight. I'm going to put up the good fight. You know, they asked me about, you know, you know, critical race theory. That's a big deal in Virginia. I'm like, no, it's not. It's it's trumped up. It's trumped up the way Trump Trump <laughs> trumped up, uh, you know, Mexicans are racist, rapists and murderers. And then in 2017, as Gillespie was. MS-13, they're coming over the border and they're going to invade Virginia. And now it's critical race theory. It is radicalism to uh, to fan the flames of racial animosity to turn out their vote because they can't talk about child care. They can't talk about health care. They can't talk about climate. They can't talk about any of the other issues that people care about. So they try to scare the shit out of them uh, to turn their to turn their voters out. And 
to depress everybody. Brad, I, I watched Fox News the the other day. I was just turning through channels in the hotel. It was the first channel that that that, that came up when I was in the hotel, and they were talking about. And I just wanted to watch it for five minutes. And it is an alternative, like reality of fake news. And they're talking about how this one school district in Virginia is ground zero for critical race theory spreading across the country. They have Jim Jordan talking about this one school board district, asking <laughs> Merrick Garland the question. And Merrick Garland's like, I don't live in your echo chamber. I got no fucking clue what y'all are talking about. Like right. you're just speaking a gibberish language. How do you combat that Fox News echo chamber? I mean, you're going on the show. Is that what Democrats need to do? Do we need to be going on Fox more and and and, and speaking our point of view? Or is it a, a lot of people say it's a setup? You go on there, but but you're good. I mean, you push back against them. But what, what's your what's your view on that? Well, look, I, I've always been of the view that there is a role. Uh, for Democrats uh, to go on there and get our message out. Um, there there, there got to be some percentage of persuadable voters watching Fox. But even still, even if they're not one persuadable voter, it, it's just malpractice not to get your side out. And I mean, I did that today uh, in, in service of trying to help Terry McAuliffe and help President Biden on this on this build back uh, on this build back better agenda. It is it is an alternative uh, reality, but it's one it's one that we live in. So Fox, we can wish Fox would go away. Fox is not uh, Fox is not going to go away, and we absolutely can't just leave all of the voices to the radicals um, that would that would come on there and have literally no defense for the president or. Uh, for democratic values or for sanity right but it seems like they're just doubling and tripling down on it like every time every single day it seems like the rhetoric coming from fox news is just crazier and more outlandish and at this point they're making Infowars look tame like i don't know if you saw this tucker carlson video that he came out with last night but tucker carlson is releasing an entire special that is about this alternate reality of the january 6th attack <laughs> that poses it as a false flag saying that President Biden is sending Republicans to Guantanamo Bay to kill them. Like this is America's most watched right. news network. So how do we actually deal with that sort of propaganda when people are believing this by the millions? Well, look, it, it, you know, there are some people we're never going to persuade. And I don't think we can live in every bit of the Fox uh, of the Fox echo chamber. We have we have to writ large we really have to convince people that they're being duped. They're being tricked. They're being lied to uh, because Republicans are losing power because there's a, there's a sentiment among a lot of white people in this country that they are losing out and that, that other people are rising up. Uh, there's a fear of that. You know, Trump, Trump uh, used that fear to get elected. He's used that fear to control, uh, control the Republican Party. I think we've got to go on like something like critical race theory is, you know, the facts are on our the facts are on our side. I mean, this is a college course. It's not a high school curriculum. It's not being taught anywhere. And, you know, but what they really want is to whitewash, you know, partly whitewash actual history, slavery, Jim Crow. Um, but what they really want to do is they want to they want to whip people up. They want to have them angry about something. And by the way, critical race theory recedes. It will be it will be something else. But some of it you cannot just let uh, go like Tucker Carlson. You know, he's just living in a world uh, beyond anybody's recognition. I, I hard pressed to believe that it's worth trying to respond uh, to him. But, uh, you know, 
on on some of these shows where they're giving you a shot, where they're giving you an equal say. I think you just I think you just got to do it. But the best thing we can do, the best thing we can do is deliver for the American people and deliver, you know, and, and make sure people understand that, you know, the Democratic Party is not some radical, you know, party. These these are mainstream views, policies and ideas, and they help everybody. They lift they lift all boats. I like when Fox News lists the uh, components of the Build Back Better bill on their TV as if they're horrifying things. <laughs> and it's like, who's against who's against any of this stuff? Oh, I know. It, it's like, you know, radical Biden agenda, you know, child care, health care, <laughs> climate. And like, exactly. I'm like, thank you, please. You know, we screenshot it. and We tweet it. I mean, it's but, it, you know, they they you know, it, it, it drives some of their. Uh, you know, some of their people crazy. I mean, they, there is a they create a predisposition in people that if a Democrat is for it, then then they they have to be against it. I mean, I think I think Democrats could start supporting Republican policies and all of a sudden Republicans would abandon them and attack Democrats. I mean, it's, it's literally it's happened on things like health care. I mean, a lot of the health care that we've done over the years, Republicans supported you know, two, two, dec- two decades ago. These are big, bold ideas, though, that the Democratic Party is pushing. These are enormous plans that could change the lives of millions and millions of Americans. Um, but as you mentioned before, you, you implied you didn't name names, but you said we have two senators who are maybe in the pocket of Big Pharma. I'll, I'll name some names. We got, you know, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. How do we deal with Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema in a party when the rest of the party, 99% of the party, is pushing in one direction and they seem to be a roadblock to progress? Well, I mean, look, one thing clearly we need to do is like more Democrats. I mean, that you that when you have the narrow majorities that we that we have, uh, you know, people can exercise a veto and there are people who can exercise a veto for what are really the wrong reasons. And then on the other side, you know, look, you know, there are people disappointed in some of the provisions of the Build Back Better bill that support President Biden, who they could exercise a veto because things things are not in there. But they want. They want the the what is so good about the bill in total, and they want to see it. They want to see see those people. I think are more are more reasonable. Um, and it's not it's not just the two senators you mentioned. You know, on, on the drug issue, uh, there are several there are several House members. And I mean, you know, look, uh, you, you know, uh, and they have different views, and they you know they are heavily influenced. It seems uh, you know by by pharma. I would say on the drug issue, I don't think this. Uh, this battle, this battle is over. Uh, the chairman in the uh, in the Senate today said that they're not uh, that they're not giving up on it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what you have to have in the White House is someone who can create the most good out of a difficult situation, and that's what uh, President Biden has done. This this plan, if it doesn't have drugs, if it doesn't have paid leave, that's going to be disappointing. But it is massively transformative, and it's not. It's not the size of it. It's not the 1.75 trillion, which is huge, um, and it is more than anything's ever been done in these categories. It is the categories. It's childcare. It's it's taking care of seniors that that need help help in their home. I mean, that's a burden on families, 100%. and a burden on families is a burden on the economy. It's this child tax credit, which is going to be extended a year, and I think I think you know it'd be hard not to extend it again. I I think that's going to be a hard thing for Congress not to do. And it's healthcare, and it just go on down the list. Um, it is really going to be uh, transformative. I just what boggles my mind is the sweep: American Rescue Plan, Build Back Better, 
and the and the infrastructure plan. I mean, the total are trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, but that's not the most important thing. I mean, it is what is happening, you know, in this country. And of course, Republicans have an alternative reality. Well, we have inflation. Well, okay, and and, and the, this is the one that I love on Fox. So they put up gas prices a year ago, and gas prices today. And then they just say, oh, my God, look at gas prices. Well, a year ago, everybody was sitting in their homes. Yeah. The entire no one market could was go tanked. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. We were in a recession. We were headed towards a depression. I mean, do you really want a year ago? And so so much progress has been made. The sausage making in Washington has been unfortunate because I think that has, you know, that has distracted people. That's depressed Democrats. That's nearly over now. And we're going to celebrate these victories. And here's the other thing setting aside what we don't get. We got to celebrate things we did get. Every single Republican in Congress is going to vote against these provisions. Every single one is going to vote against child care, health care, elder care, climate care. And and they're going to have to take that into 2022. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, I think that can't be emphasized enough because I think often we put too much attention on those two Democrats when it's 99% of the Democratic Party is on board with all mm-hmm. of this stuff and zero Republicans are. Yet Republicans never get asked why they don't support any of the things that you just mentioned. Well, right. And this has been a frustration of ours. And, and we've, you know, we we did a whole action a few weeks ago where we did nothing but focus on on Republicans. They got off scot-free here. I mean, there's just been no, there's Jim, Jim, Jim's in disarray. Jim's can't get it done. The Biden agenda is going <laughs> to There's just such low collapse. expectations for yeah, them. They're just like, oh, it's expected. I, I know. Well, that's that's exactly right. No one expects Republicans to solve any of these issues. They expect them to pitch, you know, critical race theory and defend the insurrectionists um, and, and bow down to Trump. That's the Republican Party of 2021. Low expectations. And I, I agree with your point that I, I think at this point we need to pass the best possible bill that we possibly can. And then we need to work like hell to elect more Democrats so we could get every other provision that we didn't get in this one through. But a lot of that hinges on voting rights, which is an important yeah. issue. And I'd be remiss. I mean, I got Brad Woodhouse on the show if I didn't ask you about <laughs> A, voting rights, and B, how do we pass something like voting rights legislation without a carve out to the filibuster? And wh- where do you stand on the filibuster and, and what kind of reform can we see there? Well, I mean, look, so. I introduced uh, Harry Reid at the press conference where he announced that he was getting rid of the filibuster uh, for judicial nominees below the Supreme Court uh, and for executive uh, appointments. And of course, once Democrats lost the Senate and lost the presidency, um, uh, Mitch McConnell followed that up with eliminating the filibuster for uh, for the Supreme Court, which gave us um uh Kavanaugh and Amy Cummings Barrett. So exactly. I have a history I have a history being uh for filibuster reform, getting rid of the uh getting rid of the filibuster. Um you know, President Biden has been uh, uh you know has been more reluctant and I think you know he's he's a former senator and he has to deal with senators that 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 he's trying to get other legislation through that aren't in favor of getting uh, of getting rid of the filibuster. But I think he's spoken recently about the possibility of a carve out for uh, for voting, uh, for voting rights. And, you know, you know, but, but we have, but we don't have the votes for it. Uh, we don't have the votes for it right now. This is one thing I do believe though, that, that, that Joe Biden is as interested and as passionate and is working as hard on that issue as any other issue in his presidency. He understands that it's fundamental. 
Mm-hmm. It is fundamental. I mean, you know, I, I think about what we saw. I was saying this the other day. I think about what we saw on January 6th. And it just it's a culmination of decades yep. of Republican efforts uh, to uh, to steal elections or to suppress votes so they can win elections. Um, and, you know, it, you know, in my in my career, it started with them handing out flyers in black neighborhoods saying the election day had been moved to Wednesday. And, you know, and it just followed through and it. And that. You know, that was skullduggery, but then it became more official GOP platform. Get rid of early vote, you know, get rid of uh, n- uh, no absentee uh, mail in uh, voting, get rid of souls, uh, souls to the polls. And and, you know, and then it and then it, you know, dwarfed itself or expanded itself into what we saw with, you know, with Trump and literally calling secretaries of state and calling the Department of Justice, trying to get an overturn the election uh, that was legitimately uh, decided. So I, you know, look, I'm all for a carve out um, um, for for voting for voting rights. Not speaking on behalf of the president or the DNC, um, but and and I, you know, look, they, they they did cut a, you know, they did cut a deal to get 50 votes uh, in the Senate for it, and it was Republicans that filibustered it. Again, we need to talk about Republicans. You know, we need to talk about Republicans that don't believe that we should make it convenient easier, uh, more, more reliable for people to vote, but only want to, you know, look, they're telling on themselves, right? (laughs) They got to suppress our votes. They got to suppress our votes because they have a hard time turning out enough on their own. They lost the last election by 8 million, but Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. We always win the popular vote in the house. We have some very undemocratic institutions, the Senate being, uh, the Senate being one of them, you know, but that's reality. The electoral college being the other, um, but but, you know, that's not enough for them uh, that the way the system is set up favors them. They want to do other things to suppress votes. And Joe Biden realizes that and he's going to keep fighting like hell for voting rights. Speaking of elections, uh, we have a big race, governor's race in Virginia coming up. Uh, why yeah. is it so important that Terry McAuliffe gets the victory and becomes the next governor of Virginia? Well, I mean, it's important for <clears throat> it's important for a lot of reasons. I mean, one, it's important for. Virginia. First of all, he you know he's got a track record. He was a very successful governor, successful in education, job creation, uh, uh, infrastructure, and you know in this race, one of the big contrasts is how they would deal with the coronavirus, how they deal with vaccine mandates, how they deal with keeping the economy open, keeping schools open. You know, Youngkin is much more like Trump. You know, downplay the virus, don't worry about vaccine mandates. Um, you know, and 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 McAuliffe wants vaccine mandates where they needed masks and mask mandates where they're where they're needed. And he's following more of a Biden approach to, you know, let's do everything we can. You know, all this other stuff is extremely important. And we got to walk and chew gum and do all of this at the same time. But we're really not going to move forward as a country until we get the pandemic behind us. So that's a big issue. And I don't think we need another Republican governor like Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott uh, who want to downplay this virus and don't want to do everything to get it behind us. So that's hugely important. But it's hugely important in the political sense, in that it sends a message about where we are uh, politically. And, you know, uh, President Obama said as much in the ad that he that he did uh, for Terry McAuliffe. It was, you know, it's sending a signal about where we are as a society. Um, you know, Glenn Youngkin is a fleece wearing Trump clone. You know, he's tried to hide it because <laughs> he knows that's the only way that he uh, that he can get elected. But he's pitching critical race theory, um, just like Trump would pitch uh, rapists and murderers coming across uh, the Mexican border. He's pitching uh, banning 
uh, a book of a famous uh, African-American author Insanity. as another way as another way to whip up racial uh, uh, anxiety heading into this race. And we just and we just you know, we can't have that. That's not the direction that we need the country to go. Um, and by the way, let's not sleep on New Jersey. You know, we always used to talk about these races together, that they're hugely, you know, hugely important. And I think people think Phil Murphy is going to win. I hope he hope he does. I think that something to know about Phil Murphy, if he does win, he's he's uh, governed and run on a very progressive agenda, a progressive agenda on health care, uh, progressive agenda on a whole host of issues, immigration, taxes. And and, you know, that's going to be a sweet victory, too, if we pull it off and we shouldn't you know, we should put anything in the bank. But um, Phil Murphy's looked strong. And, you know, that's not uh, it's not a normal course there that Democrats get elected to second terms. I mean, some have been run out because of controversy. Right. Governor Corzine lost uh, his, his reelection bid. So pretty big deal if Governor Murphy gets reelected in New Jersey. And then going back to Virginia really quickly, I love what yeah. Trump did in Florida with the banners, the boats, oh, yeah. everything, yeah, just yeah, yeah. hammering home that Trump is too chicken to show up in Virginia. Why is that so important to get that messaging out there that Trump and Trumpkin, as we like to call them, are the same person? Well, look, because I think they are. And I think, you know, uh, you know, um, Youngkin has said that he valued the endorsement from Trump. He has said that he would vote for Trump again if he was uh, if he was running uh, for president. And I think you see him pushing these uh, buttons of division that are very similar uh, to uh, to Trump. And the, and the people need to know that. I mean, you know, look, I will say this. The guy should get an Academy Award for the act he's put on that he's not like Trump. But it's just it's just an act. I mean, um, and, you know, he's he's kind of let it out a few times. I mean, like he he praised the rally ahead of time that that Trump held for him, that Trump wound up phoning into. But, you know, he praised that rally. You know, at that rally, they pledged allegiance to a flag that had been uh, at the insurrection. I mean, you know, so, you know, we can't get let him get away with being someone he's not. That's why we did the action in Florida. We thought it was fun to target Trump right on his home turf. It was by land, by sea, by air, you know, uh, plane banner, uh, mobile billboard, boat billboard. Was, Air land you know, sea, I love I'm it. A I'm a visibility guy, so I, I totally <laughs> loved it. I love it, Brad. Brad, I, I love you coming on this podcast. I really do. I mean, the fact that me, Brett, Jordy, you know, get to talk to you, you know, who's been doing this, you know, your entire career, you know, we picked this up because, you know, we were scared. We didn't mm -hmm. know what we, you know, we, we were sitting in quarantine and we're like, yeah, we got to do something. And we created this entity, you know, 18 yeah. months ago called Midas Touch. And we got this podcast and it's always cool to know that kind of our North stars pointed in the right direction when we talk to you and we yeah. hear the strategy. And so I just want to thank you for what you said at the beginning. And, guys, and guys, guys, let, let me, let me right back at you. What y'all are doing, I mean, y'all are on the cutting edge, man. I mean, what y'all are doing with what you set up in the podcast and what you did to defeat Trump and win Georgia and, you know, what you do to help get the content out there and promote, you know, the message, it, it is in effing valuable. I mean, I know the DNC appreciates it. I appreciate it. Progressives appreciate it. We want to make y'all as famous as hell because <laughs> what you're doing is just, it's, it's to the good. 
of, of everything. And thank we you. Thank you. That. Thank you. We appreciate you, Brad. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Appreciate you sharing your wisdom with the Midas Mighty out there. We hope you'll come back again. And we hope you'll tell Jamie that your experience was equally as good, if not slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. Thank you, guys. Keep thank up you. your fight. Brad Woodhouse, thank you for joining the Midas Touch podcast. Brett Jordy, Brad said some nice things about Midas Touch there. Not bad. Always good to get some love. I always uh, always appreciate the love, but that's what we need. We need to all be united in this fight. I think everybody understands that messaging from across the board is so important here. We all need to be pushing in the right direction because the stakes have never been higher. Yeah, Absolutely. even beyond the love and all and all of that, which is always great to hear from uh, from people like Brad. The work that Brad's he really is an attack dog, man. He he gets it. You know, I, I feel like the DNC on, on Twitter, they get a lot of shit sometimes for what are you guys doing? You guys aren't doing enough. What they did in Florida was fucking awesome. And I encourage everybody to go back and check out the billboards that they were doing down there. And actually, we released our Trump video the same day that they were down there just by sheer coincidence. So their messaging has been spot on. They're, they're doing a good job. Absolutely doing a good job. I'll say this really quickly, although Brett edited it out of the Virginia um, canvassing video. When I was speaking with the canvassers, this is what I told them. I said, Midas Touch is known for its great videos, you know, courtesy of Brett being one of the top editors, if not the top video editor in the world. We're known for our content. We're known for Jordy's good looks, apparently. Um, we're known for a lot of things at Midas Touch. But for me, at the heart of it, the reason we do all of this, the reason we do the podcast, the reason we do content, and it's great. We want to persuade. But at the end of the day, when we put boots on the ground, when we can motivate the community that we've created and inspired and that you've created with us together, collectively, that makes me feel so good. And again, the Midas Mighty is so strong. We were able to send 250,000 text messages to Virginia voters in under 48 hours. <laughs> there are individuals who are sending 10,000 messages, 10,000 text messages in a day. Whenever we do these campaigns, <laughs> we're always told by the groups that help us with the technology behind it. They always say, We've worked with lots of organizations before. We've never seen it get done this quickly before, <laughs> period. And that makes me feel good. And it makes me feel good that we have feels as a sponsor for the Midas Touch podcast. Brett, tell everyone about feels. Yeah, let me tell you about feels. So CBT isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel, stress, anxiety, pain. CBD has been especially helpful for me when I am extremely stressed out, have a lot of anxiety due to all the crazy news that's going on. And I just need to like take a step back and have some clarity, you know, have some focus. Feels is a better way that makes me feel better and I'm sure it'll make you feel better too. It's a premium CBD that helps keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. And CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. Here's what you do. You just place a few drops of the feels underneath your tongue, and you feel the difference within minutes. And the thing to remember about CBD, guys, is you got to find your right dose. And Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you could find that perfect dose. It's so important that you really hone it in and find the exact you know right amount that you need to use. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. And joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you could pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash Midas 
you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. I just want to make sure you, you hear me correctly there. That's 50 five zero percent off your first order that's feels.com slash midas can't recommend feels enough if you have sleeplessness anxiety if you just want to be able to think clearer get feels cbd today feels.com slash midas check it out this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Love it. Want to also give a shout out big week um, on the Netflix front. Uh, Colin in black and white is finally arriving on Netflix. It's a project I've been working on um, for three years. Congrats, with, Ben. With That's big. Colin nice, big. Congrats, and, and the dude. Netflix team. The reviews are great. It focuses on um, Colin's high school experience. It's a scripted series. Um, Colin kind of serves as a narrative voice that guides um, viewers through that high school experience. Um, some great acting was co-created with Ava DuBray. She's incredible. Everybody go and watch Colin in black and white. And it really kind of tells the origin story. And I think it, it's unexpected in how it tells that story and really breaks and paves new ground. Um, and it's when also it drop on Netflix. It shows up uh, on Friday. So depending on when you're listening to this, by the time you're listening to this, whether you're listening to this live right now, um, it'll be there tomorrow. And if you're listening to this on Friday over the weekend or some other time, go check it out on Netflix and to make watch. sure you tell Looking others. good at that premiere too with Colin, Ben. Yeah, Looking great. Fancy. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, and it's timely, right? Because, Brett, and this goes back to, to your tweet, you know, the, the peaceful protest of Colin compared to the insurrectionists, that juxtaposition has mm -hmm. been um, pointed out. Um, we talked earlier in the podcast about democratic priorities, which are really priorities for democracy. At the same time, you've seen these hearings um, where Merrick Garland, um, attorney general uh, was discussing and describing what, you know, they, the, these individuals who have these cabinet level positions have to go in front of the Senate and testify um, it, during normal periods of time. And usually you use it to um, explore issues. Um, and the GQP has exclusively used these hearings to really play into their echo chamber of like cultish craziness. And so you literally have a number of things going on. You have like Ted Cruz, he was promoting um, giving Nazi symbols, Brett, or, or giving Nazi Salute. gestures. He was cool with that. Let's, uh, let's play the clip. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insults. They involve a Nazi salute. That's one of the examples. My God, a parent did a Nazi salute at a school board because he thought the, the, the policies were oppressive. General Garland is doing a Nazi salute at an elected official. Is that protected by the First Amendment? Yes, it is. Okay. I have a lot of problems with Merrick Garland, but 
fucking poor Merrick Garland here and have to take the abuse of these, of these lunatics. And fuck you, Ted Cruz. I want you to show that sort of passion defending democracy. I want you to show that sort of passion defending the Constitution and trying to protect people and trying to pass policies that better the lives of Americans, not defending fucking Nazi salutes. And Ted Cruz was rightfully called out for that. And his excuse is like all these excuses of these GQPers when they're called out for using swastikas and doing Nazi salutes. It's, oh, we weren't being Nazis and we weren't condoning the Nazi salute, we were comparing you to Nazis. So all better, all better. Let me just say, if you're, I'll, I'll say this as a Jewish person, okay? I'll say this as a Jewish person. If you are doing a Nazi salute, if you are doing a swastika, it is incredibly disrespectful and incredibly offensive and incredibly disgusting. And you have no idea the pain that that causes. No matter what your cause is, do not use a fucking swastika because you don't like vaccines and you think Fauci's a Nazi. Don't do that. Do not do a Nazi salute because you think that having your child wear a mask during a global pandemic is akin to Nazism, where fucking over 6 million Jews were killed and gassed by the Nazis. Stop it. Stop it. And the fact that Ted Cruz was so riled up and so passionate, this is his cause. This is his cause that he's coming to defense to. These Republicans are absolutely just disgusting, bottom of the barrel, Nazi sympathizer, fascist, disgusting human beings. Just, I'm so sick of Facts. it. Facts, facts, facts. And that's why, too, you see these Instagram, you know, GQ peers wearing like yellow stars that are trying to represent that they're. Stop it. Uh, just fucking stop, stop it. it. You're a lunatic. You're a fucking lunatic. But this is why this is why January 6th, when the insurrection happened, there's a video that does not get enough play, brothers. And it's the video of the insurrectionists going through uh, the book, the, the binder that they found in, in Congress. And it, one of the kids was shuffling through the papers and they said i think ted cruz ted cruz would be okay with us doing this that's the type of shit why these people think it's okay to do what they do ted cruz you enable this bullshit man go fuck yourself and also ben at the point you were saying before ted cruz one of the leading crusaders against collins kneeling and one of the people one of the most outspoken voices against that form of peaceful protest but also one of the most outspoken defenders of people giving the nazis salute i think that says everything you need to know about Ted Cruz in case you didn't know already. Well, a lot of these issues, I would say most of these issues, and we may have talked about it on prior Midas Touch podcasts or may just be something I talk about. You know, we do so many podcasts now, it's unclear. Um, is that a lot of what the GQP is saying, if not most of it, is really a proxy for white supremacy when you really break it down. At the end of the day, they harbor... Uh, racism. And it, and it could be for kind of different reasons how they found themselves mm -hmm. in that rabbit hole. Um, but at the end of the day, what they're projecting and the contradictions are rooted um, in a hatred of the other. Um, and when we look at and, and, and racism and also being against LGBTQ+, also being against women, um, being against the other. And their conflation of genocides, their conflation of real persecution and comparing that with wearing masks or getting a vaccine is, uh, is, is, just, is just beyond beyond the pale. Well, it's, it says it all, Ben, though, that 
any sort of fight for equality is persecution to them, right? Like, and I think you nailed it because literally you could follow every GQP policy back to the promotion of white supremacy, whether it's trying to take away voting rights, whether it's trying to take away programs that help the middle class, that help the poor. Every sort of GQP policy is, we, we say, you know, it's to help billionaires. It's not just billionaires. It's to help, you know, white supremacy. That's at the end of the day, that is the goal of the Republican And Party. I say there's different routes they take to get down that rabbit hole because the way the GQP energizes some of its base with that imagery and the GQP cult follows it and internalizes these images. And then they are actually doing things that are against their own self-interest, as we described earlier in the podcast. Yeah. You compare the Trump tax plan. Great. We just made billionaires exponentially richer. The, the person who got three private planes now gets 30 <laughs> private planes. That's what you're fighting for when you're in the Trump rally. You know, when what, what was the Trump rally recently where they were literally peeing on each other? They had the pee funnels. Pee funnels. I, I want to address, yeah. I guess we'll close Ew. the pod. I want to we're close, close the with podcast funnels? out talking about pee funnels for a okay. second. Because at a Trump rally recently. You should get new listeners hey, to come back. Well, this is this is how I this is how I tease people to come back to the next podcast. Let me just talk about these the pee funnel issue right now. Okay, let me address it head on. At the last Trump rally, where was the last Trump rally? I think it was in Iowa. I think it was Iowa. Yeah, uh, you had a number of the kind of Trump vendors, um, and they were selling marked up pee funnels where you would pee in the funnel, and I guess the funnel would you know divert the pee. Um, you know, and, and I guess you just be able to pee where you're, where you're standing. And so they were selling beer next to the pee funnel. The pee funnels were marked up to $15 or, or $20. Um, and so apparently what they were doing at the rally is they would all go and gather, they would take the pee funnels and because there wasn't any restrooms, there wasn't any porta potties, um, while they would be listening to the rally, they would take the pee funnels and pee on the floor. And we've seen them. They're kind of compact and they're like all next to each other. Now, there were some people who commented and said, look, pee funnels are used in hiking like that's normal. Pee funnels are used. And to that, I didn't respond because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm just going to address it here on the podcast, on my bigger platform. Um, <laughs> the pee funnels are used for hiking, exactly, where there should be no bathrooms, not for large gatherings where you're all next to each other, which last about two hours where you'd be peeing on each other. That. <laughs> I agree. You can use pee funnels for hiking where there's no bathroom in sight for hours and hours on end. But the fact that you're listening to a cult leader, you're standing in close proximity and you're peeing on each other, that this became a best selling item is a problem. That's that's how I ended the show. show. I'll you say, say, say something what, else? I, yeah, I do. I'd say what you want about Democrats. I am proud as hell to support the party who does not defend giving Nazi salutes and who does not sell pee funnels at their rally and actually treats people with dignity and is trying to give people the dignity of work, the dignity of support, the dignity of life, the dignity of life-saving vaccines, the dignity of childcare, all of this stuff. The differences cannot be more staggering. And that's why we need to stay engaged. That's why we need to stay involved every step of the way because we cannot let these Nazi saluting, pee funnel wearing, crazy psychopaths 
take power, not in Virginia, not in 2022, not in New Jersey. We need to step up. We need to support activists on the ground who are doing the work. We need to get out the message that Democrats are for the people. And we need all of you to stay with us in this fight and help save our democracy. And thank you for doing that. Democrats for the people, not the pee funnels. <laughs> Brett and Jordy, thank you for making my last rant there make sense and connecting it. Tied it all the, in with the overall podcast. Want to give a special I funneled thing. it into the rest. You know, oh. <laughs> want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors: Policy Genius, Feels, Stamps.com, all the Midas Mighty. Make sure you go and visit those websites. That helps us. And Midas Mighty, do me a favor: can you please give this podcast a five star? review um, on whatever podcast app you listen to it. That is incredibly helpful. Also, make sure to check out Midas Touch merch. Finally, we've told you this before. We have a movie coming out called The Supporters. It's with the good liars. It comes out November 4th. It, it's a mockumentary. It follows two MAGA uh, supporters who probably use P-Funnels, um, Derek <laughs> and Dale, as they go on a journey across the United States during the 2020 election, through the COVID pandemic, through the insurrection. Um, it's an incredibly funny but important piece. 11-4, go check out thesupportersmovie.com or supportersmovie.com to find out updated details on that. We appreciate your support so much, Midas Mighty. Thank you for allowing us to have this podcast this platform to do great initiatives like our canvassing efforts or text messaging efforts. Um, we hope that we are making you proud to be a part of this movement and we will continue to fight for you each and every day. Um, ben, you got Brett, you got Jordy signing off on this episode of the Midas Touch podcast. We will see you next time. Shout out to the Midas Mighty!